0: everyone, and welcome to the Flatlining Podcast, the podcast that brings you great healthcare analysis and discussion each week. I'm Matthew Handley from Flatlining.net. With me is the president and CEO of Fulcrum Strategies and economist, Ron Howrigan. Ron, welcome back to the Flatlining Podcast.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: You've probably seen the new TV commercials for the weight loss drug, Wagovi, and we're going to be talking about that and other weight loss medications today on the program, what's sparking their popularity, how do they work, and will insurance cover them? And so, Ron, I guess that's going to be the first question that we have is is how do we get to a drug like Wagovi? Because really, it's a spin off, if you will, of a different drug for diabetic patients.
1: Yeah, so, um, you know, every now and then, um, drug companies start down one path and they find out the drug says something either different or an addition, so... Um, for example, um, Viagra was originally meant to be a cardiac drug.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, and they found that it didn't do what they thought it was gonna do for cardiac stuff, but it had a different impact. So they right. said, hey, let's let's use it for that. What happened with Wagovi is Wagovi came out of a drug that was developed called Ozempic. It's been on the market for a long time. It's a wonderful drug. And Ozempic was designed around this idea of how to help people with diabetes. And what Ozempic does, and I'm, I'm going to do this in sort of layman's terms, I'm not mm-hmm. a clinician, so if any doctors are listening, please, you know, cut me some slack here. But what Ozempic does is basically slows down the body's digestion, okay? That helps the diabetics so they don't have these wild swings in their sugar, if you, you will. And Ozempic works wonderfully, helps immensely. But what they discovered both in the clinical trials and with the people that were on Ozempic is they lost weight. Mm-hmm. And which is also a good thing and helps your diabetes. Um, and they lost weight because they said they had this sense of always feeling full. Well, if you slow down digestion, you know, you feel full longer. And so they didn't want to eat as much. So some genius and the marketing department, I'm sure of Nova Nordisk said, hey, I wonder what would happen if we gave people a higher dose of Ozempic. Would they lose more weight? Okay. Mm-hmm. So there was a clinical trial and it was not an expensive clinical trial because it's not like you're developing the new drug. You're just taking an existing drug. It's been approved and you're upping the dosage to see what happens. And lo and behold, there was a strong correlation. The more you give, the more you lose. Right. And the loss is significant. You know, in the clinical trials, I want to say that the average person lost something like 20% of their body weight. That's huge. Okay. So Thus was born Wagovi, which is really just Ozempic at higher dosages. And suddenly you had this once a week injectable medication that would make you lose weight, that we know is safe, has been on the market for a long time, that doesn't have any other nasty side effects, and it works. And it works pretty magically. Mm -hmm. That's how we got Wagovi.
0: So it's it's interesting because we we've talked about research and development for drugs before, but this one it, it as you mentioned it, it definitely seems to be a um a very low risk thing for the manufacturer of Ozempic, which the, the manufacturer's name is escaping me right now. Uh,
1: Novo Nordisk. Novo yeah. Thank you.
0: Yep. Uh, Novo Nordisk. It was pretty low risk for them to try and come up with this drug. It, it's interesting too that it's we're it's coming out now and I it has FDA approval now, um because ozempic for a while there there was a little bit of a shortage because so many doctors were prescribing it off label for weight loss are we seeing a significant increase in in prescriptions of wagovi over ozempic now for that purpose or or are those numbers not really available anywhere
1: so um wagovi was approved in june of 21 Mm -hmm. um so it's been approved for a while um it has definitely been under demand and there are still some shortages of Wagovi and other countries. I think Canada just approved it. Mm-hmm. Um, other countries are trying to get it. So, um, you know, Norman Ornus because their hands full trying to make it up because it is a, it is a wonderful, very effective drug.
0: Mm-hmm. When we talk about some of these diabetic medications and some of these medical weight loss medications, uh, one of the things that, obviously factors into it is the cost. Um, And it's my understanding right now that Wagovi is not covered by any of the insurance companies.
1: So um, most insurance companies, and there are some that do cover, like I think in North Carolina, state employees health plan covers, and I think the Mm -hmm. feds may cover, but most general insurance companies have written Wagovi off of their formulary. So there is no coverage for it. It's not a... Um, it's not a determinant of, you have to have a certain body mass, a BMI to get covered. It's not a medical necessity. They just aren't covering it. They aren't going to pay for it at all.
0: Um, what's the reasoning behind that?
1: Well, there's, there's sort of two reasoning. So opposed to, for example, um, uh, gastric bypass surgery, you know, the, the surgical intervention for, for morbid obesity, Mm -hmm. most insurance companies cover gastric bypass surgery. If your BMI is over a certain number Mm -hmm. over 40, for example. Um, but even if your BMI is over 40, they won't cover GOVI because it's completely off formula. And it's for two reasons. One, it's because they don't want adverse selection. We've talked about adverse selection before in this program, where I don't want to be the insurance company that attracts everyone with obesity. So if I'm the only one covering it, I'm going to get everybody. And obesity comes with a lot of other problems, diabetes, cardiovascular, blood pressure, cancer, et cetera.
0: Obesity comes with a lot of people in this country too.
1: Right. Yeah. About a hundred million adults. Okay um so i don't want to i don't want that kind of adverse selection the other problem is and this is this is going to get into the insanity that we're about to talk about in this program it's more expensive than the surgery Hmm. well govi and and it's because of its cost and we can throw a lot of stones at the manufacturer um but because of its cost and the fact that it is not a short-term medication you're going to be on it for the rest of your life right um is much more expensive than by, than gastric bypass surgery. Gastric bypass surgery is on average about 20 to $25,000, okay? Wagovi for one year is somewhere between 12 to $18,000 a year. Well, if you're gonna get the bast- bypass surgery once, that's a lot less expensive than several years of Wagovi. Mm-hmm. And so it is cheaper to make people go through a very invasive surgery. Than it is to give themselves an injection in the thigh once a week.
0: So let's let's talk about the cost for a second, because as we know, there's a trend right now, either from federal price caps or from some companies um, taking it upon themselves to cap the price of things like insulin. Eli Lilly is an example; they did that uh, a few weeks ago. You know, what are we seeing from Novo Nordisk on the price of the drug? What what does it cost out of pocket since it's not covered by insurance?
1: So out of pocket. Retail most places, it's about fourteen hundred dollars a month. Okay. Um, now they have these um, savings card programs where you can apply for the savings card, and they'll peel back the price about five hundred bucks. So, you know, pretty much anybody who's going to pay for it out of pocket going to pay somewhere between nine hundred and a thousand dollars a month.
0: Mm-hmm. And how much more is that than than the current drug Ozempic? Uh,
1: exa- Ozempic is still pretty expensive but it's covered um because it's diabetes so um it's not like um it's more expensive than than ozempic but it's not like ozempic is um is 10 bucks right um it's just uh and I was just looking to see what Ozempic was. It
0: might depend so, on what your copay is and, and the, well yeah, the, but like, if you're gonna pay for it, out out of pocket, of, well if you're co
1: yeah. if your copay it's 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 dirt cheap. Yeah. Um but if you had to pay um sort of retail to it, the retail price is still pretty high. Yeah, so Ozempic retail price is about nine hundred thousand dollars a month as well. Mm-hmm. The problem is nobody has to pay retail because if you've got diabetes, you get Ozempic. You well, know, it's all it's covered by everybody.
0: And the well, what's the the question then? I have is for the people that have been getting Ozempic off label. You know, are they having to pay out of pocket of that, or is there insurance covering that? Well, uh, I guess it depends insu- on the situation, but
1: yeah, a lot of insurances now because they see the Ozempic game. And remember the the problem with Ozempic for weight loss is it isn't prescribed in the kind of dose you would need to get the same impact you get with Wegovy, right? Um, but a lot of insurance companies are starting to check the the labs to make sure you really have diabetes and that the doctor didn't, didn't just put down the diagnosis. So mm-hmm. they're going to say, well, you know, what is your, what is your hemoglobin A1C? I want to see a number above X before right. I'm going to approve this to try to cut off the, you know, the off-label um, usage of Ozempic.
0: Mm-hmm. So as you mentioned, the, the, the bypass surgery is cheaper than having someone be on Wagovi for several years. But what are the risks involved with some of those surgeries? Are, are they riskier? Or are they prone to more complications than what you would get by taking Wagovi?
1: Yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, any surgery is prone to more complications than what you're, um, you know, what you're going to get by taking Wagovi because Wagovi really, I mean, it has some side effects. Some people will get a little nauseous. Some people have diarrhea. Some people will, you know, but the thing with Wagovi is if you start to have one of those side effects, you can back down the dosage. Um, mm-hmm. you know, you can't, if you have a, you know, a post-op infection from gastric bypass surgery, you can't just go, well, back down the dose, dosage. You know, you don't, you sort of don't undo the surgery and any surgery has inherent risk to it. And then you've got the recovery and all that. So, um, if you're the patient and even, and the doctors will say this, like the gastric bypass surgeons will say that Wegovy, you know, is a much easier option, much more patient friendly option. It's just more expensive.
0: Mhm. Do do you think that's going to change the the uh the coverage of the of wagovi by the insurance companies or do you think that even some maybe maybe some uh the the Nova Norda's can convince some of the big employers to cover it through their self-paying uh because it'll overall make their employees healthier.
1: Well, here's I mean the employers have the same adverse selection problem that the insurance do.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, you don't want to be labeled as the employer who pays for Wagovi because then you'll get a higher degree of obese people that are applying for your jobs. Right. So you don't want that. <clears throat> the other is, and, and let's look at it from a macro perspective, okay? Most people think that obesity with all of its various, you know, conditions that get tied to it, et cetera, that they cost this country, and uh, in, in back in 2008, there was an estimate of about $147 billion. You know, a lot of people think it's more like $200 billion now, $250 billion, somewhere in that range. Okay. Well, that's a lot of money. All right. Well, let's say, well, what if we treated everyone in the country that was obese by definition with Wogovi? Well, there's about a hundred million adults with obesity in this country. If we treated them everyone with Wagovi at the current cost of Wagovi, that's $1.2 trillion. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, even if we only treated half of them, okay, that's $600 billion. So it's at a macro level, it would be extremely difficult at its current cost, even with all the problems that obesity creates and justifying paying for it, Mm -hmm. because we'd be solving a $200 billion problem with 1.2 trillion in drug.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Now, the other thing then you got to look at is, well, does it really need to cost that much? Right. You know, um, if you look at, and I know there were other things going on, but if you look at no-minor-disks, profit margins. Um, and it's not like they were not making profit bef- before Wagovi. Before Wagovi got approved, they made about $16 billion a year. Mm-hmm. And their profit was going up by about 6% a year, which is a pretty good number. After Wagovi got approved, their profit now is going up by an average of 14% a year. A year.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So they went from... billion a year to now they're making over $22 billion a year. Um, So the point is, you know, there's definitely some profit taking happening here. And this is a free market economy. But that's the reason also why it probably won't be covered anytime soon, because we can't afford to cover
0: it, not at that price. You mentioned that it was just approved in uh, Canada and other countries in Europe, and and I'm assuming Australia as well are probably looking at, at approving it. Of course, they do drug price negotiations and effectively price fixing in those those countries. Do you think they're going to be able to fix a price for Rogovi for their citizens?
1: I think they're going to because there's now another in in the same sort of drug class, there's another new one that has either just gotten approved or will be approved um, soon. And so there will be competition. So I think Canada is like you know, countries like Canada. We'll go to the two different manufacturers and say, we're going to approve one of them. Who gives me the best price? Right. Now, countries like Canada, and this is not a bad thing, are, are more than likely also going to have requirements on it. You know, you right. only get yeah. Wagovia or Monaro, I think is the name of the other one, if your BMI is over a certain number. Because, you know, we've, we've heard the stories of, you know, people in California who are not clinically obese using Wagovia to get those last 10 pounds off. Right. Um. It'll do that too. But is that something that you know? Right. Insurance should pay for.
0: Mm-hmm. With the Inflation Reduction Act, as we've talked about before, it gives Medicare the ability to negotiate some drug prices. I I don't know what the percentage is of um U.S. citizens over the age of sixty five that are on Medicare that would qualify as obese. Um. I I would assuming for Medicaid it might actually be quite high is Wagovi going to be covered by Medicare and Medicaid?
1: Um, I don't think it's likely to, but I don't think it's as big a deal for them. You know, this is a, you know, more of a bigger deal for commercial population. One, because, you know, you think about if you're going to be on it for the rest of your life, you get, you know, you get some 30 year old, right. Okay. Now you're paying for this for the next, you know, 50, 60 years Mm -hmm. versus somebody in the last couple of years of their life or whatever, from a Medicare perspective. So, um, you know it's a it's a big problem for um, the commercial population.
0: So it's not like the the Medicare CMS is not going to negotiate down the price of Wegovy as part of the inflation reduction. App.
1: I don't I don't think this is going to be one of the drugs they're going to pick. They'll pick something else. Yeah, because um, it's not a big a deal for them.
0: So this is going a little bit more back into how Wegovy and some of these other medical weight loss drugs work. But there was an interesting um, article in the New York Times several weeks ago that demonstrated that after they're talking about a study that showed that after someone gets off with govy by the time they're 12 months off of the drug they've generally gained most of the weight back and of course the the conclusion of that article was uh you know you know weight is not a choice um and you know clearly you know clearly you know it was it was kind of a fat phobic thing which I get a little bit frustrated by sometimes when I read those. So why is, why is that end of the spectrum wrong? And why is it also wrong on the other end of the spectrum to say that it's all about, you know, diet and lifestyle when it comes so, particularly to Wagovi?
1: Yeah. So the, the current thinking, and I'm talking about sort of the clinical thinking on why you have to be on Wagovi, why you can't lose the weight and then go off the drug and keep your weight off revolves around two things. One, there, there is, there's, what people think is clearly a genetic tie mm-hmm. to obesity. Um, there's a strong, strong correlation. Um, and it and it and and it's not just, you know, well, if you grew up in a house filled with obesity, you probably learned to eat wrong. They've tied genetic, genetic ties to obesity with kids who were adopted mm-hmm. and grew up in an entirely different household that didn't have an obesity problem. So one, they know it's somewhat genetic. The other current thinking is that it's a, almost a body survival scenario that, um, as humans, part of what we do and what every living thing does is tries to adapt to survive is you get to, you know, a certain weight or whatever your body tries to always get back there
0: mm-hmm.
1: for, you know, if you lose weight, it really works hard because what it's trying to do is, you know, it's like bears hibernating and, and having enough fat to live. Lift- the winner in case there's a shortage or something and so we they think it's sort of an evolutionary defense mechanism that pushes people to that but what they have clearly seen even people who you know said they were really really trying hard et cetera, is you go off wagovi you gain a lot of the weight back um and i'll and i'll you know i'll tell you i i've been on wagovi and i i know it from personal experience i was on wagovi for a year i lost 50 pounds i went off wagovi i've gained half of that back and I know that it wasn't because I wasn't trying to be good, and I've just recently gone back on Wagovi to to take the weight off again. Um, and so I you know I, and I waved myself for the last year and a half every day, so I can see the graph because I'm a numbers guy, mm-hmm. um, and that's exactly the experience what they've had with everything else. Now, the other thing that I also know is I know what happened with my blood pressure when the weight came off. I know what happened with my cholesterol, I know what happened with all my other labs you know, um, I have from a purely health perspective, much healthier Mm -hmm. setting aside what the, you know, the good that it does for your joints or for your back or for all this other stuff, your, you know, the correlation to cancer risk, et cetera. So, um, that's one of the things that I think is really disturbing in all of this is there are really good people who really could benefit from this, who are never going to reach, you know, the point where either they'll hit the BMI to get gastric bypass surgery, um, or won't won't you know go under the knife because of that, who are, you know, going to have a much higher chance of dying earlier than they should because we can't figure out a way to provide a drug cost effectively um, and make everybody happy. And uh, you know, develop it, they deserve to make money. Do they deserve to make this much money? That's a really good question,
0: right. Well, let me ask you this then about the the way our economy works in in the United States. And I'll put an example of cars because I know you, you are a big car guy. You know, when the first Tesla came out, those were very, very expensive. And now you have much more affordable Teslas. You've got almost every manufacturer working on electric cars right now. They're entering into the mainstream for the first time. Could we see the same thing with with medical weight loss drugs like Wagovi? Are we going to start seeing other, you know, drug manufacturers coming up with similar, you know, Coke and Pepsi kind of products, and that's going to eventually drive down the cost in order to, because of the competition? Or do you think that because of the way the drug market's set up, that it'll always be expensive no matter what?
1: Well, no, I, I do think it will. Um, I do think it will eventually come down, and, and we've we've seen that happen with other drugs. I mean. Um, you know, Claritin is cheap now. Used to be expensive. I mean, not like Wagovi expensive, but expensive. Um, now what and and you take your Tesla example. I mean, Tesla's even cutting the price on their cars now Mm -hmm. because of competition. It will take the drugs coming off patent. Right. Um, and enough competitors to drive it. Right now there's really only one other competitor. I mean, it's Sixenda, which doesn't work nearly as well, but um Wagovi and Monaro or Monaro or something, I forget what it's, uh, another, another drug. Those are really the two competitors that are in the same sort of categories. Um, as long as there's two, they'll both keep the price high because it's mm-hmm. in their best interest to do so. Now, once they come off patent and somebody can make generic Wagovi, um, then you'll see the price fall, right. and then the competition will kick in. So it'll happen eventually, um, just not right away, and, and that's going to take several years before it comes off patent.
0: Right, right. I think um, when we talk, well, I got two other things I, w- I want to discuss to you. One is kind of this um, weird trend of people wanting to selectively find a physician that is going to basically affirm everything that they're doing. Um, and one of those things is weight. There, there, there is a growing trend among young people that they don't want to go to a doctor that's going to talk to them about their weight. What is that going to do? to the public health of the United States, if that is the trend of where we're going?
1: You know, this is one of the areas where, uh, you know, I have to try to struggle to find that common ground, that middle point. Mm -hmm. Okay. Let me tell you where my two pieces are. There's a part of me that says that if you're going to be a physician and you're going to take the Hippocratic Oath and you're going to do all this stuff, that it means telling people what they don't want to hear. Right. You have an obligation you know, I think your your lawyer has an obligation to provide you with legal advice. And, and even if you don't like it, your your you know, your accountant has an obligation to tell you that that's something you should or shouldn't do. And the doctor has an obligation to say, you know, as much as, you know, when I would go to my doctor, I don't, I don't like it when he says, Hey Ron, you're really overweight. Okay. That's not a fun thing to hear, mm-hmm. but he's an obligation to tell me that. Now that's, there's, there's part of me that says he should do that. And, and he or she should do that. And they shouldn't um, be able to not do it. And then the other side of me that says, but, as a human and individual, I should have the right to say, "I know," and I'm just going to keep doing it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, right. Yeah. And that's really where I think my middle point is. I think if doctors stop giving what is the best clinical information, they should be held responsible for that. I thought that with the doctors who wouldn't, you know, who wouldn't give the right clinical information about the COVID vaccine. I think mm-hmm. about smoking cessation. I think about weight loss things that are not controversial or shouldn't be from a clinical perspective now if the doctor is noted in the chart talk to mr harrigan about his weight he said he doesn't want to talk about it anymore he understands and he's making a conscious choice to live this way and to accept the risk and he's noted that chart then fine he doesn't have to talk to me about it again mm-hmm. that's that's where i come down to it but i don't like this trend of you know doctors saying well if you want the doc who isn't going to ask this is me and i do it to get more patients
0: right and I I wonder too, from the physician perspective, what kind of um fear, if you will, of being you know lit up on you know Twitter or TikTok or wherever, and then all of a sudden you're the target of some sort of weird you know don't go to this doctor kind of campaign because he said I was fat, and um, I I think I'm more along the lines of in in your boat that you know if I go to my doctor and I want him to you know if they're going to tell me something that I need to hear, I need to hear it. You know, if I'm going to go to a mechanic, I don't want them to tell me there's nothing wrong with my car when there is. Right. So,
1: right. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and that's a huge thing right now with the, with the kind of social media stuff that's out there for doctors in a lot of areas, Mm -hmm. you've got to be careful because, you know, um, you don't want to be the known as the doctor who won't prescribe a certain medication because, you know, you try to people to, to do without, um, even though you know that, you know, we can overprescribe with things. It's a it's a tough thing.
0: Mm-hmm. The final thing I want to ask uh, has to do with um, the uh, f- taking a, a drug regularly as part of a normal healthy lifestyle. Is that the way that Western society, in particular, is going? Do you think, or do you think that this is a temporary thing as we work on the public health of America?
1: Well, I think it, it depends on what the drug is and it depends on what the, the patient's presentation is. Um, I'll give you a perfect example. Um, cholesterol. Okay. Mm -hmm. We we know what it does. Um, there are people who through no fault of their own have a genetic, um, condition called FH. Well, they Mm -hmm. will produce massive amounts of cholesterol regardless of their exercise or diet. And I've met a, a young Male who's never had a fry, piece of fried food in his life, who you know, who mountain bikes on a regular basis, who looks like the epitome of perfect physical health, mm-hmm. and who will throw a cholesterol number over three hundred. Okay, his body's just doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, now, there's drugs that he can take for the rest of his life that will get that under control. Okay, to me, that's yes part of a normal healthy lifestyle. You know, to the extent that something like you know, for some people, obesity is a genetic marker thing, etc. Taking Wegovy may be part of a, uh, you know, of a long healthy lifestyle. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think we should always try to find where we can either scale back the drug or do away with the drug. But there are probably going to be some people who always do that. Now, set us you know, the, the counter to that is, I know people who you know, take very large dosages of statins along with a gut agent, along with these other things to, to, you know, deal with their cholesterol. And I, you know, watch them have two Big Macs and four large fries and a, you know, a a McDonald's every day. And you Mm -hmm. think, boy, you know, that isn't what we were meant to do here. You're, you're, you know, you're, you're making it worse. Um, And so to me, there's sort of that balance. Right.
0: And if you think about it, too, we already kind of do that with some things. You know, if you have a headache, you take 2-acetaminophen or Advil or or whatever the case might be. You know, if you need some digestive things, you take, you know, Pepto-Bismol or Dramamine or something like that. Um, Of course, the question, though, too, is just with the, you know, with the -the over-the-counter stuff, obviously it's safe if you take it within the recommended dose because otherwise it wouldn't be sold over-the-counter. In the prescriptions, you need to have it. Be uh, supervised by a physician. D- do you have any uh, final thoughts on on the way that uh, medical weight loss drugs like Wegovy are going? What the trend might be for for prices in the near future? You know how this is going to affect the public health in the immediate future of the U.S.
1: I, I will tell you that you know my my personal advice, setting aside my personal incentives around this, I really think that. The manufacturers of Nova Nordisk and the manufacturers of drugs like this are really being short-sighted, and I think the risk that they're taking is these are the kind of things that will will absolutely fuel the argument of why the government should take over healthcare. You know, hmm. because it's easy to look at something like this and say they're they're trying to fleece a hundred million adults. To make exorbitant profits. I mean, I got to believe Bernie Sanders is having a field day with this. Mm-hmm. And that if the government just controlled everything, we would tell them how much we're going to pay, and everyone could have a Govi and it would be free. You know. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's a little bit like, and I'll use the analogy. I thought it was brilliant when, you know, the whole drunk driving thing started to get a, a big issue, and Mothers Against Drunk Driving, and what happened the major beer companies came out with these ads about designated drivers and and be safe because they realized that they would rather sell a little bit less of their product and be in front of that than be hammered by something like raising the drinking age even more mm-hmm. or making it harder or putting a tax on it. Um, I just think that that the, the over-profit taking there is going to hurt them in the long run and they would have a much better public opinion if they could get in front of it now, like the insulin folks have and said, Hey, this is a problem. And we're going to, you know, we're going to step up and we're going to cap, we'll go over at X dollars a month. And then they could put pressure back on the payers to cover it, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so I think eventually this price will come down. It's too high. There's too many people demanding it. It's going to catch too much flack for why on earth does it cost that much to you know, for a once in a week injection of a drug you already had on the shelf. Mm -hmm. Um, It can't cost that much to make that pen. Um, And so I think it'll eventually come down. I just don't know exactly when.
0: Okay. Well, we'll have uh, more notes and articles for this in the show notes for this program, wherever you're listening to this podcast, or you can find them online at flatlining.net. Ron, thanks very much for coming on the program today and imparting more of your wisdom upon us. Oh, thank you. Flatlining Podcast is a production of Flatlining.net and Fulcrum Strategies, copyright 2023, all rights reserved. Be sure to subscribe to the Flatlining Podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget you can engage with Ron and myself, plus other listeners of this program, in our chat, available exclusively on the free Substack app, available for iPhone and iPad, and now available for Android as well. For Ron Hauergen, I'm Matthew Handley. Have a good week.